Welcome to the Carrot Gal Sister Chats podcast, where we chat all about gardening and self-sufficiency. We are Jackie and Laura, two sisters who live in Utah and Idaho, and who love to talk about self-sufficiency skills. We're glad you're here. Come learn along with us. Hey, Jackie, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. We are um, doing this a little bit differently today because we're obviously in the same room if you're watching this on YouTube. So um, Jackie came up to my house for the week and we are um, recording some podcasts up here. And so this is really fun to be in the same room with each other. Yeah, doing this on split screen. Right, (laughs) right. So this is really cool. This is cool. Um, Today, I think we're going to do a little discussion or a chat about um, sourdough again. So we're calling this sourdough round two. Love it. And um, the, the, the main reason is because, first of all, we both like to talk about sourdough, <laughs> right? Just a little wee bit. Second of all, the first time we talked about sourdough, I, um, as I was editing it, I realized that I like dominated the conversation. <laughs> just tells you how passionate we are about sourdough yes, and I didn't really let Jackie have a chance to talk so this is Jackie's interpretation of sourdough no, and we're, <laughs> just we're still gonna chat and Absolutely. share with each other but I wanted to hear her perspective on on her experiences with sourdough so that's what we're doing today I think that sounds fun and I don't really know where we're gonna go with this but yeah Sourdough um, is so much fun. I don't know why I thought I feel so much joy about sourdough, but I do. I really, really do. It's so much fun to, to take flour and water and salt. And that's literally all that's in a basic sourdough loaf. You can add more ingredients, obviously, but there's so much joy in just taking those three ingredients and turning it into this loaf of bread that is so knowing what I know about sourdough, it's like, it's so nourishing for my body and my body can handle digesting it a lot better than other breads. And, and I mean, it, it, I didn't love the flavor of sourdough, I think growing up, but I do now. And so it's just all those things combined. And it's just a really joyful thing for me when I, when I'm kind of bored on the weekend or leading up to the weekend, I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm like, I know I'm going to make sourdough. Like that's, that's my go-to. <laughs> So that's how that tells you how much I love it. Your entertainment of choice. Yeah, it's my entertainment of choice. Just kidding. One of my choices of entertainment. Um, no, I've been on a fun journey, I think, with sourdough. Um, I've probably been making, how long have I been making sourdough? A couple of years? Probably a couple of years. Um, and anytime that you're doing something for a couple of years, right, whether it's um, taking care of chickens or raising children or making sourdough, you kind of figure things out after a couple of years, right. Of doing it mm-hmm. somewhat consistently. And so I feel like that's kind of where I'm at with the sourdough at the beginning. It was the sourdough starter. If you want more details about creating a sourdough starter and like the actual kind of logistics, go watch our other sourdough video. We kind of got into some of those things in the other, in the other one. That was a really great video. Um, and episode, but, um, I think I want to talk a little bit more about the nuances, right. And like some of the mm-hmm. things that we've learned along our journeys and what we've learned and what goes really well, what doesn't go so well. Um, sure. At the beginning, um, I think I was just taking, I don't remember even how I got introduced to sourdough. I was learning about like all things cultured and fermented kind of all at once. And, and sourdough was included. And, and so I, I think I got a sourdough starter from somebody 
And I was trying to figure out how to keep it alive. And I did that successfully for a bit. And then I think I ignored it for long enough. And I think it eventually died is what happened. I think I would have looked like now what I know, I could have revived it pretty easily. Sure. And I didn't know what I didn't know at that time. And it died. So I threw the whole thing away. And I also remember at the beginning stage, maybe I'll call this phase one of sourdough production, right? Like all the learning curves and all the things you don't know what you don't know because you're like, uh, this is brand new and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, even though you have the instructions and the tools, right? But um, I remember being so overwhelmed with like the sourdough discard, which is like every time, every day or however often you're feeding your sourdough with more fresh flour and water, mm-hmm. you have to remove some of the, the already like the sourdough starter that's already in your jar um, so that you have a smaller amount that needs to get fed. And then it's like, what do you do with all that extra? Right. And one website or one person that I was listening to said, just throw it away, just throw it down your food disposal. And I was like, Excuse me? But when you're using good, organic, expensive flour. Yeah, like, that was my it, issue. You're like, I'm dumping <laughs> money down the drain. I know. That was really my biggest issue. I was like, I am paying like $5 for a package of flour. Mm-hmm. And I'm going through this package, you know, within two Pretty or quick. three weeks yeah. of feeding the sourdough starter. So I'm like, I'm just throwing $5 down the drain every two weeks. I don't like that. So that was really kind of one of my bigger issues, aside from learning how to keep my sourdough starter alive, sure. um, which took me a minute to figure out, but we'll circle back to that one in a minute. But yeah, no, I figured out some really fun ways. Um, anyway, there's this, and then this whole world opened <laughs> up of like what to do with your sourdough discard. And that mm-hmm. has been really beautiful because I didn't understand enough about the, like, how do I say this? Right. Like when you're feeding your sourdough starter over a 12 hour period of time, roughly a 12 hour period of time, it gets really big. Like it raises in volume by like double mm-hmm. um, because that's like the most active time frame when all the mm-hmm. yeast and bacteria and stuff are feeding and they're just like going crazy and they're doing all their digestion process. Fluffy, really fluffy, and then after about twelve hours, it starts dying back down. It starts like coming back down the jar, um, and that's kind of on its descent. And it's like we're getting hungry again. And so, mm-hmm. um, at that point, the sourdough starter is not good for making bread because you need it at its like fullest height and potential, of, like the fluffiest, greatest potential possible right. to make good bread. Um, but then, like, what do you do after it's past that point? So there's some really fun recipes that you can do with the sourdough discard. So what do you do with your discard? Yeah. What, so what do you do with your discard? Like to make pancakes. Okay. Um, it's different than normal pancakes. You have to let it sit for, you know, sure. eight to 12 hours to uh-huh. ferment. But um, English muffins are another really fun one. Okay. I love that. I don't remember. Those are kind of the ones that I go to. Okay. Oh, oh, the other one that I usually do, like I said, pancakes, but actually just take the straight like the sourdough discard and then throw it into a pan with some oil some butter or something and cook on both sides and it's just kind of a little quick little sourdough discard pancake yeah it's more like a flatbread flatbread that's what but um yeah i do that too but yeah. i don't put oil in my pan i just yeah. use a dry pan oh. or some salt or some herbs on top so some good. seeds chives mm-hmm. whatever you have it's yummy and then <laughs> you can like dip that Jeez. in your soup or whatever you're yeah. doing with it. So that's a really quick way to do it. Yeah, I really shared fast. before, I 
if you have chickens, they love eating it plain. Oh, so you can great. dump it in there and they'll just, just eat it. it. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I just dump it straight on the ground and they gobble it up. It's so good. That's hilarious. It is funny. <laughs> and then one thing that I love to do with my discard, um, like a simple thing rather yeah. than like getting out a recipe book and whatever, because yeah. there's lots of recipes. Yeah, there are. But um, I like to make crepes oh, for my family. Right. So just like the discard mixed with eggs. Cool. And then you whisk it. Cool. At a teeny water if you need to thin it a little bit. Usually it's just fine with the discard and the eggs. That's cool. And then it makes a really thin batter and you cool. just make a crepe out of that. That's, that one's really fun too. That's fun. Because it's like quick and instant, ready to go, mm-hmm. right? Those are really fun things. Yeah. And I think knowing some of these things, having these quick recipes in your yeah. back pocket, the flatbread cool. or the or the crepe recipe, whatever. Right. Like it's so I consider this my fast food. Yeah, me too. So me too. when I don't want to cook or I don't have time to cook or I don't know what to cook or we need to make a meal quickly, rather than going to fast food or ordering pizza or Chinese food, I get out my sourdough and we make crepes, right? Yeah. So that's, it's just as quick and easy yeah. to make yeah. those than, yeah. than anything else. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, so I think learning some of those fun nuances really makes the sourdough process a lot easier. And then you're not throwing flour down the drain. Right. But if you have chickens, don't throw down the drain. Feed it to your chickens. That's a great tip. I did not know that. I don't have chickens. So <laughs> they love it. She loves yeah. chicken bandwagon. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, but the ultimate goal is to make a beautiful big oh. loaf of crusty bread, right? That's, yes. That's the goal. Yes. And I believe, in my opinion, this is a skill that people used to have. But when you hear about, if you ever read like old stories, the girls, the teenage girls from a young age, they were trained on how to make bread in their homes. Mm, Okay. And I think it's for this reason. Like making bread today is not a really hard process, but making sourdough the, the way that they used to make it and the only way they had to make it back in the day is challenging and you really yeah. have to figure it out and have somebody show you. It's almost artisanal. Yeah, I right? agree. So anyway, I just think it's something that it's helpful to practice and to know how to do But I know, and that's what I was saying. That kind of, <clears throat> sorry, at the beginning, right? It's like, I think it just takes a while of practicing because yeah. the first few times when you're making sourdough like I was really committed to this whole process but I gave it a go for a couple of weeks and I'm like that didn't turn out very good mm-hmm. so I kind of gave it a rest and then I circled back to it maybe six months later and kind of it was a little bit better the next time around it just wasn't yeah. amazing and then I gave it a rest and then I came back again full circle yeah. and now I'm like oh, this is amazing so it's, it's my first few yeah, yeah my first few attempts for <laughs> Very flat loaves. <laughs> they tasted great, but very flat. Right. And that's part of the trick of sourdough because it's not, it's a less, con- I mean, there's some control once you understand the nuances of sourdough because mm-hmm. it's a living, breathing thing. Mm-hmm. But it's different than like commercial yeast because it's mm-hmm. a little, it's a lot easier to control mm-hmm. a billet really nice and fries. Right. It's like the difference of putting baking powder into something versus not having baking powder and baking powder guarantees this really nice big fluffy thing mm-hmm. but without it it's like how do you accomplish that without that yeah. that's what we're trying to figure out yeah sourdough. and I feel like it 
um, there's in the sourdough, sourdough world, you'll find people that say you have to do it this way. Right. And you have to do things like this. Right. But I disagree. And I'm like, it's good to learn some of those tips and tricks, but I believe you can find a way that works for you. Yes. That is not necessarily by, by other people's books. Yes. So yes. Do you want to talk us through how, how it works for you? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I shared how it works for me in the other episode. So check that one out. Yeah. And the way that you described it is kind of more that traditional approach, right? Mm -hmm. Like do all these specific, very, they're not complicated, but very specific steps Mm -hmm. along the way. And they're great steps in order to learn. Um, Most recently I've been, I found um, somebody on YouTube and they shared this like really simplified down version of it. And I should have pulled it up before we got on here, but no, it's that's okay. okay. We can go up memory. We'll post oh, yeah. the link to it. Yeah. And yeah. But yeah, go up of memory. Um, I think I found it because it was every time I make sourdough, like I don't have a memorized recipe. Mm. And so I always have, to, I usually have to like look it up and like find the weights and the measurements and mm-hmm. stuff. And so I think that's what I was doing this day. And I just happened to cross this video and I was like, what? And so I clicked on it and watched it and it just like simplified the whole process down. Okay. Um, and I really loved it and I had really great results with it. So what nice. Lara was describing in her last video was, um, you know, you mix it all, like you have to do the water and the flour first and you have to do what's called an auto lease process where the flour gets hydrated. And then you add in your sourdough starter and your salt mix all together and then you have to let it sit for 30 minutes. And then you do what's is it auto They call it a stretch no, and stretch fold. and fold. Thank you. Auto lease is the first part. Stretch and fold like four times where every half an hour, 20 to 30 minutes, you're like literally stretching the dough on top of itself. And it's, it's the gluten development process. Mm-hmm. It's like the kneading process that you do with a regular loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but that's like a two hour process minimum. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe three to four total from stretch. And that's, so then you have to like calculate in the 12 hours of like your sourdough starter and all of this stuff. So it's a lot of timing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great. But, um, and then from there you have to like ferment your dough. I usually like, you can do it on your counter, but then sure. I like to do it in the fridge overnight. Cause then it's like mm-hmm. really hands off the next morning. Then I shape it and then I let it rise a little bit and then I bake it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of extensive process, that whole thing. So this video really simplified it down for me and I really enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. he, um, he basically said, just mix all your ingredients in at the beginning, right? So like whatever percentage it's um, of flour, water, salt, and sourdough starter. So like mix it all together in the first stage, like mm-hmm. don't separate them out, just mix it, have it ready to go, let it sit for 30 minutes. And then from there, like we totally skip all the stretch and folds. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Is this a real thing? So I tried it. And it turned out pretty good without stretching and folding, which was really cool. Cool. So you just let it kind of sit for 30 minutes. And then I think what it does is like the gluten just kind of relaxes Mm -hmm. as it sits with the, with the water. Cause when water and flour mix together, it actually starts the gluten development development. Okay. Um, And then the kneading is required to continue that development. But um, apparently just simply the next step that he teaches you is just shaping your dough. Mm-hmm. Um, and just by creating a really nice, um, tight, tight loaf. ball mm-hmm. that helps the development of the gluten without all the stretching and folding mm-hmm. process, which I thought, okay, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, you shape it and then you put it in whatever container you're using for the shaping, the long fermenting process. Okay. And then I, 
you know, I always cover up my sourdough, the, the dough, the actual loaf. So there's not any air exposure. And then, um, so I did that same thing, right? Covered it up and put it in my fridge overnight. And the next morning I baked it and it hmm. turned out pretty, pretty good. Like, and cool. in the video he shows, I think the video is really entitled, like how to do this, like for beginners or how to like not screw up your sourdough or something like that. Okay. Um, just really, really simple. And so he had some really nice, simple ways to even bake it in your oven without any fancy equipment, like with no sure. oven or whatever, just on a baking sheet or what I don't remember exactly. I think you just use like a glass bowl for one and put a little water in it. So you just use some really cool creative mm -hmm. ways. If you're into sourdough, like, I mean, I have a Dutch oven now specifically, I like, bought a Dutch oven specifically so that I can make sourdough in it, but mm -hmm. you're not required to do that apparently. But I always thought that was required because everybody right. that I've ever seen was like, you have to have these things and mm -hmm. apparently you don't. <laughs> right. And quite honestly, you probably don't have to do a lot of what they, yeah. they say you have to do. Right. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That re the recipe you shared or the process reminds me of like a traditional kneaded dough where you're like yeah. mixing it by hand versus there's ones all over the internet called overnight artisan bread. Oh yeah. And you just like mix it in the bowl. Yeah. Let it, let it sit and then you bake it. Like that, that's probably what this is mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Cool. Right. A little more hands off. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah. No, I think it's like um, really simplifying the process down or even the baking process that you were sharing. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure you can bake a loaf of sourdough just in a straight oven. Right. Without any equipment. Right. At all, just on a baking pan. Right. But you get, you probably will get better results if you have some moisture in there and yeah. or covering or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But if you don't have fancy equipment, figure it out without the equipment, just right? It. It's okay. <laughs> like really people have been baking this way for thousands of years, like for the yeah. beginning of time, right? Yes. Like this is really all that they had. And so I think back in the day, like they had an open fire. Yes. And they were baking this kind of bread, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, fire, I don't understand how they, but you know. <laughs> I think That's they had amazing. better results once they started baking, like creating like a oven, oven shape. I think so too. With their stones or whatever, so right? Too. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's a whole nother level I of know. sour donuts, I right? Know, right? I'm not there yet. Flame. When we get there, we'll do another episode on that. <laughs> <laughs> on a squirrely note, didn't uh -huh. you say that you have a solar oven or you wanted to get a solar oven? Do you have one? Uh, no. Oh, we just were talking about solar ovens at some point in the recent past. And I thought that you had one. Oh, and I'm like, oh, that would be good yes. cool to do a sourdough loaf in I solar do oven. Have a, you mean like a, it's my, the name the sun is oven. called a sun oven. Yeah. 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 So it's mm. like an oven, it's a little box with the, what is it like a plastic like, lid? Yeah. Or sort glass of or a, plastic yeah. and it has reflectors. Yeah. And it like opens up like a big, uh, like, I don't know. It opens up on all four sides and it has the reflector things and it pulls in the sun's rays and it heats up your oven. So a lot mm -hmm. of people bake up bread in there, but that'd be cool too. <gasps> you should try that. <laughs> all right, that's our next level. Try it and then we'll talk about that one. <laughs> right. Solar that not go well. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, that'd be an interesting process because the sun oven 
from what I understand, it takes like 12 hours to cook something that normally takes oh. one to two hours because it's a much slower process. Oh, so it's a little bit better made for slow cooking mm-hmm. things. Oh, but it might work really well for sourdough. Maybe. Because um, it could be fermenting while it's slow cooking. I don't know. We'll do some research. I'm so curious. But I also know sourdough, you typically cook at a pretty high temperature. Yeah, so I don't do. know how that's going to work in a set oven. But right, anyways. right. So back to like this yeah. whole thing about like, I think the cool thing about learning about something a little bit more in depth, right? At least how I do it, as long as I'm doing it long enough, all of a sudden my awareness, my understanding expands where I'm like, okay, this may be like the normal way that I do it, but I can like, I call it accordioning it down. That may not make sense to you, but like an accordion, like can stretch big and go really small. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the point of this. It's like, now I understand sourdough enough that I can, I can take, keep it in that middle of the road. Like this is mm-hmm. a typical way to do it. You get good results this way, including like the specific varied, I mean, not varied, but like the specific temperature ovens. Like I watched a video right. where this guy, like literally experimented with all the different ranges of temperature in his oven with this and that and all these things and he was like this is what i found is the best do it at this exact temperature for this amount of time and then reduce it to this exact temperature for this amount of time and i was like whoa buddy that's mm-hmm. intense right yeah and i think it's okay to learn yeah those things and i like yeah. finding experiments me like too. experimenting and like finding out the thing that works the best me too but so you also I call them principles. Yes. Right. So learning principles and trying to stay within the principles is a yes. good thing. Even yes. for sourdough. No, I think that's it. Cause like mm-hmm. there's principles that govern the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Like you can't make a good, beautiful, lovely, fluffy loaf. If your sourdough is not fully activated, like that's right. Principles. Right. Right. Um, but your sourdough, we can't give you the exact time on how, long your sourdough will take to activate mm-hmm. but we can teach you the principle like when your sourdough is full your sourdough starter is fully activated um this cool thing happens like you take a little spoonful little like teaspoon or tablespoon of it put it in some water and if it floats to the surface and it stays mm-hmm. floating that's it means it's fully activated ready to make bread with mm-hmm. but if it sinks because i struggled with this for a while because people would tell me it's like the float test is what they call it mm-hmm. Um, and if you, if your sourdough is sinking to the bottom, it's not ready for bread. Hmm. <laughs> and so now that I understand the cool concepts of watching my sourdough starter as it's rising, cause you actually, it's, it's fully activated when it rounds. Um, yeah. When it rounds on the very top, cause it's like building, building, building. And then at, at the very peak of its height, it, it like has this roundy bubble on the top, um, yeah, hmm. and that's when you know. But if you take some from that place and put it in some water, it just completely floats because it's so full of air. Hmm. And that's one of the principles. Okay. Um, super cool. Have like following percentages mm-hmm. not required, but it's a really good principle to follow because it helps mm-hmm. you keep it precise. Right. What are some of the principles that you've learned along the way? Um, I would say like learning some of those like lengths of time. I don't know. We've talked, we've shared some tips before. Yeah. I don't feel like there's anything really specific on principles right. other than like I'd have not slashed the tops of my lobes and it bubbles right. out in the side. So sometimes, yeah, that might be a principle if you want a beautiful loaf, right? To right. slash the top that's right. to some degree. Right. 
Even if that, like, to me, that I don't have fancy equipment, so I just take a serrated knife and just yeah. cut one slash across right. the top. And that's perfect because right. what that does, the principle behind that is it creates an air escape for the bread because mm-hmm. there's a lot of air. I mean, there's a lot of liquid in your sourdough bread. And so it allows that, that steam when it's cooking to come out somewhere. Otherwise, it'll it'll kind of explode like a volcano mm-hmm. to the side. You just take a risk <laughs> of having a funky looking loaf yep. at that point. So, yeah. Um, yeah, other than that, I think those are the principles because mm-hmm. really it doesn't in this video that I'm talking about, like he used just regular clean whatever flour, mm-hmm. it's like it wasn't any fancy kind of flour, it wasn't high right. protein flour, it wasn't whatever, it wasn't organic, it wasn't anything, right? So just mm-hmm. use what you have and mm-hmm. uh, make sure it has gluten in it. I don't know that you can do it with non gluten things, but right. I don't know, I haven't experimented process. with that. I have a friend who who has gotten into that, but well, I haven't, so I don't know what to tell you on that. Yeah. Other than do some research on that and do some practicing, For and sure. it's going to be a different different ball game. Yep. <laughs> One of the fun things, kind of full circling, right? To like mm-hmm. when you make your sourdough loaf and you're enjoying it. Oh my gosh, there's nothing better than like fresh sourdough, or like. Yummy butter on it. Okay. Okay. That's just exciting to me. But um, when you, one cool, fun thing that's different about a sourdough loaf versus just whether you're making a regular loaf of bread with commercial yeast or you're buying one from the store um, is that it's strange, but it tends to last a long time. Like it doesn't go bad mm-hmm. hardly at all. I've never had a sourdough loaf go yeah. bad. Yeah natural preservatives i mean you want to eat it within a certain like fairly quickly or put it in the freezer yeah right but good but it it can last for a week week and a half it just dry out Mm -hmm. that's probably the problem that i have with it the most but i don't i've never seen like mold and grow bad so Mm -hmm. kind of cool process i've seen other breads mold within that same period of time but not sourdough so yeah just some fun things that i get excited about when i talk about sourdough so um anyway i don't know any other thoughts no i think that was a good round two on round two i love it so um love to hear your stories about your sourdough experience or if you're a newbie and you don't know much about it um we'd love to hear about what you learned from our video from today or from our episode um and we'd love to invite you to come join our community we have a facebook group and I forget the name. What is it called? The, yeah. So the URL <laughs> to get to the Facebook group, you're going to go to caratgal.com slash chats. Perfect. C-H-A-T-S. And that'll take you to a page and there'll be a, a link on there to jump over to the Facebook group. So jump in there and we'd love to um, answer questions in there and to get to know you and to, and to can you continue the conversation. So, love it. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us today. Okay. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Carrot Gal Sister Chats podcast. We invite you to join us in our private Facebook group to continue the conversation. You can find the group by clicking on the link in the show notes or by visiting carrotgal.com chats. We love to answer questions and see pictures of your gardens and other self-sufficiency projects that you're working on. Come join us in the group. Thanks for listening.